Hey everybody, it's Brock Falk, and I want to thank you for listening to this message from Heritage Church of Christ. We would be thrilled to share more content like this with you and make it easy for you to share it with others. You can find more messages like this on our podcast, or you can download our smartphone app by searching for Heritage Church of Christ in your app store. But most importantly, I hope this message encourages you to take a next step toward a thriving relationship with Jesus. Enjoy. came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all of the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. She turned the two coins over and over in her hand, hardly believing her eyes. For such a long time, she had dreamed of the day that she would have two coins. For several months, she had had just one coin, which by rabbinic law was too small of a gift to be given in the treasury. It made her angry to imagine that some pious rabbi somewhere in an earlier time had decided that one-eighth of a penny was too small of a gift to be offered. Didn't he know what that would do to people who was as poor as she was? He probably wouldn't even think it worth the time and energy it would take to bend over and pick up such a coin. So he made a law that one had to have two coins, two such coins to be allowed to make a gift to the Lord. He probably never realized there would be those people so poor that they would have to wait months and save and save to be able to give to the treasury. Oh, she didn't kid herself that the two tiny, almost weightless coins she held would be of any significant help to the treasury, but she would have the privilege of doing her part. She would have the satisfaction of knowing that she had done what she could. She marveled at herself now for thinking of how blessed she was. She had only a single room that was attached to the back of someone else's house. She had the barest of necessities and was able only to squeeze out enough to buy food for one meal a day most days. She wore mostly hand-me-downs and discards that she had found in the trash. It had not always been that way. Once her husband had been an important man and a prosperous one compared to her present standards. 
But when left as a widow and with no children or other family, she soon became almost a parasite of society. There were not many ways an old woman in her condition could make any money. But she loved the Lord and was faithful to worship Him each and every week. But it had been almost a year since she had two coins so that she could give a gift. Today would be a special day indeed. She knew it would take her the better part of the day to reach the temple, so she left as soon as she could with the two coins tightly locked into a clenched fist. In another part of town, a very, a very different part of town, a rich merchant was sitting at a table in an inner room of his big and plush home with a real scowl on his face. In front of him on the table were several bags of gold coins. All together, he probably had close to 5,000 of these coins. And the number grew week by week and month by month. Business was good. The reason for the scowl was because he was trying to determine just how many coins he needed to put in the pouch that he would then carry to the temple. He changed his mind several times, adding or taking out some more coins. If the truth be known, he was trying to determine how few coins he needed to put in the pouch. You see, it had to be enough so he could, by appearances, keep the reputation he had for being a generous man. But it was hard for him to know how many that took. He knew that the 15 or so coins he had in the pouch would make a lot of noise when they were poured into one of the 13 receptacles in the court of women where this matter of giving was done. But would the pouch itself look fat enough with so few coins in it? He also had to take into consideration the expense of the trumpeters whom he hired to walk before him from his house to the temple when he made his journeys of charity. He felt a little conspicuous when he first began to do as others of his means were doing, but now he couldn't imagine going without them. If he didn't have the trumpeters and enough coins to rattle the gift box, how would people know how generous he was? Three coins for the trumpeters, and 15 for the gift. That would just have to do it, or he wouldn't be adding to his net worth this month, and well, that would never do. About that time, the trumpeters arrived, and the merchant grabbed up his bag and locked the door on his stash. The sooner this chore was done, the better. So away they went with trumpets blaring, calling attention to his mission. Just as the poor widow is arriving at the temple grounds, she hears the trumpets and sees the commotion ahead as the rich merchant arrives. She stands aside to keep from being in the way or being rushed in her cherished 
act of giving to the Lord. She had waited far too long to be pushed now. She watched the merchant pass following the trumpeters and marveled at the size of the bag in his outstretched hand that obviously contained gold coins. She thought how good this man must feel to be able to give as he was. How excited he must be that he had put together such a wonderful gift to give back to the Lord. Surely this generosity was why he was blessed financially so much. Then a sick feeling came over the widow as she realized she would be following this man into the court of women to give her gift. His gift would echo through the temple when poured into the trumpet, as the receptacles were sometimes called. Hers would hardly make a sound as the thin copper coins would float down into the darkness of the container. In her mind, she could see the two tiny coins lying there on top of the heap of gold and her face momentarily reddened with embarrassment. But this was a moment for which she had saved for months, and she wasn't going to let her pride stop her from the privilege of giving to the Lord. Besides, everyone was watching the merchant and would continue to as long as he was in the area. No one would see her give her gift anyway. She never even noticed the lone gaze of the man sitting at the gate called Beautiful. His eyes were fixed intently on the poor widow as she paused by the basin and opened her clenched fist. There were impressions in the skin of her hand that clearly outlined the two coins that had been held so tightly she looked at the coins for a brief moment, realizing they were all she had. Likely it would be several more months before she would have two coins again. They wouldn't buy much, but she knew deep down that she could have bought something for herself. And that is what made it extra special. It gave her just the tiniest feeling of making a sacrifice. She uttered a prayer of thanksgiving and dropped the coins <clears throat> silently into the darkness and turned and disappeared into the crowd. And no one noticed this poor widow woman and her gift. Did I say no one? One did. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, I doubt very seriously that the poor widow woman 
Jesus watched and spoke of ever knew that through her gift that day she would be immortalized in the gospel of Jesus Christ. For 2,000 years, her story of giving has been repeated over and over again. Obviously, there is much we can learn from her. I mean, just the story itself moves me. It causes me to re-examine my own practice of giving. And honestly, in some respects, it makes me ashamed of my measurement of giving. Candidly, I think I would have been more comfortable if Jesus had chastised the lady for giving everything she had. No, lady, don't do that. I would have liked him to lecture her on the wisdom of looking out for herself. As far as we know, he never even spoke to her. But there are some significant insights to be gained through this slice of life that Mark chooses to reveal. For example, how does it make you feel to know that God is present during the offering. You ever think about that? I mean, sometimes we've relegated the contribution to a position of a necessary item on the program, but not an integral part of the overall worship service. That certainly wasn't true in the Old Testament. As they gave their offerings to God, they were to be very conscious of His presence at that time. It was a significant act of worship to them. Should those of us under the new covenant be any less conscious of his presence during the offering, seeing that we have a better covenant established on better promises? Now let me say here, I, you know, I, I love that we have online giving. I use it. I love that we have recurring online giving, which I also use, which means that each week it comes out. You, you don't miss it. You don't forget it. You don't. And, and so I do that as well. But, but, but here's, here's the issue with that, is that I don't even know it when it happens. And, and so what I have to force myself to do is, as we've had a giving moment, we call it here, a giving moment today, I have to force myself to remember, yeah, God, thank you that I could give to you. And, and, and I, honestly, that's one of the reasons we're going to take a contribution today, pass the contribution so we can have that God moment of and, and, and I realize the vast majority of you have given online already and, and it may be just a moment that you can reflect on that and thank God for, the, for that, those resources that, that you could share back with him but it's important 
to realize that God is present here in the offering. Secondly, I want you to notice that Jesus watched how the people gave. The text doesn't say he watched how much the people gave, although that didn't escape his attention, but how they went about presenting their gifts to the Lord. I mean, certainly God is interested in both aspects of our giving, but he's more interested in the how than how much. Heart issues always carry more weight with the Lord than outward actions. Did you ever have someone give you something when they didn't really want to? Siblings growing up have fuss. Mama makes them give, give you the toy or whatever. It, it, it's something different about that, wasn't it? When they didn't want to. There's not a lot of joy in receiving that kind of gift. On the other hand, you probably have had someone give you something at some time from a heart of love and thanksgiving. And maybe it was something extravagant in that case. Something, and, 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 and you say, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. But, but, but I want to. I want to do this. How did that feel? It's not unreasonable to believe that God feels the same way depending on how we give our offerings to him. And lastly, notice also that God calculates amounts on a different system. Verse 43, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all system. of the others. Did you catch that? Not more than the rich man. All of the rich men. This statement by Jesus makes no sense to the natural mind. The amount of money the widow gave didn't even come close to what one of the rich men's, not even one coin of one of the rich men gave. Yet Jesus said she gave more than all of them put together. Now obviously heaven has a different accounting system than we do down here. It seems as though the gift's true value is determined by what one has left after giving it. No one began to approach the sacrifice of the woman who gave all she had to live on. One person today might give $500 or $1,000 and not really sacrifice at all while someone else could very easily struggle to give five dollars. How you doing? Did you ever hear someone say, I just don't have any money to give to the Lord? And there might be a situation with someone where that's true. But most of the time, it boils down to a choice. I choose to use all of my money to do this instead of some of my money, money to be a gift to God. If ever there was a person who could have said this, it was the widow. And it doesn't even get on her radar. I want you to take those pennies and look at them. It, 
you've got them in your purse or pocket or whatever, get them out. I want you to look at those two pennies. That's all she had. That's all she had. And she couldn't wait to give it to God. How are you doing? Do, do you see the opportunity to give to the Lord as the, as, as the privilege this woman did? Are you anxious for the time to come and grateful because you have a gift to give? Or do you see it as a necessary inconvenience? Do you grumble to yourself or even aloud about how they always ask for money? The truth is God does ask for money. And he doesn't just ask for a small portion of what he's given to you. He asks for it all. And when you operate under the realization that as God's child, as God's steward, everything you have is his, it makes you a cheerful giver, even if you give it all, as did the widow. Now, this morning we approach our special year in offering understanding that God is present as we do so. And understanding that Jesus is watching the spirit in which we give. And I might add, understanding that many have already given online and will give online today. We, we understand that. But understanding that God calculates amounts on a different system. Now, which one of these two people we have talked about this morning better represents you? May we think about that this morning as we give our gifts. I want to ask our volunteers uh, to go to the back and take their places ready to pass the contribution buckets. And I think we need 12 back there, so I don't know how many. If you're available, just go on back and dive in and help. We're striving to reach a goal of $120,000 to be distributed among many ministries in this area and well beyond, as you have seen on the screen here to, to today. The, the impact of these gifts will be felt all over the world. So let me tell you what to do. First of all, get those two pennies out. We don't want you to take those pennies. <laughs> just, just kidding. You can take the pennies if you want to. Or you can get those two pennies out. And then, because they're so lonely, reach into your purse or your pocket and get some more change. Now, come on, ladies. Some of you ladies, her purse weighs eight pounds because it's full of change. Because you don't, and it, and and it doesn't weigh as much. But just go ahead and reach in the billfold while you're at it, and just get, you know, get a two or three bills out of there. Maybe a hundred or a couple of hundreds or fifty or whatever. Get that out. You say, whoa, 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 whoa preacher. It, 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 if we drop couple hundred dollars in the bucket when it comes by, we won't get credit for that on the income tax. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. You won't get credit. It's okay. It feels good. 
So, th so today, <laughs> let me encourage you, and I'm serious about those coins. We had, in the, in the first service, we had one full bucket of coins <laughs> after they poured them all together that they had to take back and, and uh, hide it in the inner recessions of this facility. We even have metal detectors at the doors to see if you have any coins when you leave. <laughs> I'm teasing, I'm teasing. But I, I really love you and I thank you and appreciate your generosity. And I hope our hearts have been softened uh, to be more generous in our giving today. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer, thanking you for every good blessing of life. We know that all things come from you, and we above all are abundantly blessed. Father, you know our hearts. We're excited today to have this special opportunity to sacrifice to you. Help us today to reach the goals we have set. More than that, help us to surpass them and glorify you in an even greater way. Thank you again for giving us the abundance from which we share today. In Jesus' name, amen.